it's Small Town D&D with Chelsea Lee. Despite not knowing anything about it and not doing any work to better myself in it, I care so much about my fantasy football team and a loss at this stage would devastate me. With David Dillon. I've come to accept the fact that I am a shadow heart set. And Dewey Cassidy. <laughs> so woodpecker tongues are long as hell and they go all the way back behind their skull and into their nose. And the area between the nose and the beak, so that area covering the skull, it actually splits into a V shape. And I'm your dungeon master, Alex Wilson. <laughs> We have a small announcement today. Just wanted to plug our Instagram page. We've got lots of cool stuff up there and more and more things every week. Our character art will be on our Instagram. Come take a look at our official cool character art. It looks fantastic. Again, the handle for our Instagram is smalltowndd. You can also search smalltowndd podcast and you'll find us. All right, let's jump in. Last time, Albert Penis and Jeremiah Jelsinski on the brink of financial ruin made more money than they had in many years, thanks to one kind old gnome who wants to live fast. Her name was Pellbottom. Clegg asked Maggie Lathy about her thoughts on pornography to test if she was behind the book burning, because after all, Krog says he saw her face under a hood. But Clegg left feeling like maybe she wasn't the culprit, and but then if not her, then who? Clegg also led a negotiation with the mayor, Gaudron Werp, asking for money. He steamrolled her, maybe a little too much, but ultimately, with some help from Albert Penis, agreed to give you 54 gold pieces to buy Cristados for the event. And from there, it is off to the Cristado Farms to purchase some Cristados. We pick up along the farmer's walk, a path leading outside of town, past the root district, and up a gentle slope past fields of oat hay and alfalfa incredibly water intensive <laughs> sucking <and> land <Yeah. laughs> fishers pond yeah not like... pictured as the drought in the nearby <laughs> former marsh exactly. the indigenous people displaced <laughs> thankfully plenty of water here in chester's chair thanks to the swamp and in the distance you see two large barns and two farmhouses a perfect mirror of each other, each on one side of the street. They're two-story wooden, uh, painted white. There's a white picket fence extending on the boundaries all the way up to the edge of the road, marking their their homes. Each house is like a it's like a Wes Anderson mirror. It's it's identical. And as you walk along the road, you see uh, a golden retriever. One from each house comes running up to you, gets to the edge of the fence. It's going to uh, jump up on the edge of the fence. It sticks its face out and goes, and then we'll circle once and run back in identically on both sides. And as you continue walking down the path, you get eventually to large gates. These are uh, entryways to each property. On either side is a statue to Chantea, the harvest goddess. A, uh, a big stone statue of a woman with her arms outstretched holding a basket full of fruits and vegetables. 
And standing here at the boundary of both of these estates, you can look at each one and you see that one on the left-hand side of the street has a big wooden sign up top that says Values Farm. Beneath it, it says Old Fashioned Values. And on the right-hand side of the street, you see the Principal's Farm. And beneath that, a sign that says Strong Principles. What would you like to do? Jeremiah is going without even skipping a beat, uh, goes and, and pets both dogs. And even though they're on opposite sides of the road, he just keeps running back and forth, arms extended <laughs> to try to get as much pets as possible. I love it. <laughs> the dogs love it. And interestingly, you notice the dogs seem to be very well trained. They won't cross the street. They'll come up to the edge of the street, but not go to meet you beyond it. Well, I think so. How are we? How many Chris Tatos do we need? Well, we promised uh, 100 ways and we have to serve about uh, how many people we have to serve again? There may be about 100 people at the event. And we promised to serve 100 people. Now, assuming they all take one bite, we'll probably need 100 potatoes each. So uh, 1,000 potatoes, Chris Tatos. 1,000 Chris Tatos. I've never seen so many Chris Tatos in my life. Well, that's the beauty of wonder. The mind can perceive things that nature will soon provide. (laughs) (laughs) Very impressive. I'm just saying, now, Jeremiah, can you please stop petting those farmers so we can negotiate the prices? (laughs) (laughs) He gives them a treat and and says, does that does that cover our Cristado tab? The the fetishists out here are really going to love this panting from Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to resist the temptation to cast Speak with Animals because last time I burned all my spell slots on individually <laughs> casting Speak with Animals like two or three times. I'm going to wait for Yeah, if there's some, another chimpanzee with snakes here, we're fucked. Good idea. Some real crazy <laughs> farm animal to appear. It's at this point that you hear identically from both sides of the street, Well, hey there! How you doing today? And from each side of the street, two men come walking out of the front door... They're both dressed in loose-fitting, rough tunics. They both wear a black Stetson hat and cowboy boots. They each have their motto embroidered over the chest of their shirt. One of them says old-fashioned values. The other says strong principles. And both these men, again speaking in unison, walking towards you, say, Jeremiah, it's been a while, and I see you brought some friends. How can I help you? Looking for a day's work. Well, I, I'll do you one better. My friends and I are looking to put on the greatest feast that Chester's chair has ever seen, and we need 1,000 Chris Tatos. 1,000 Taters? By the end of the month. That's incredible news. A, a huge feast, you say, and who might be at this before? This is for the Queen. This is the Queen's feast, and we're doing Chris Taters a hundred different ways. By golly, this sounds like the Chris Tato event of a lifetime. I... And it's at this moment that the farmers seem to notice each other across the street. And they say, I would be honored to serve the queen. Now, you bastard, you son of a gun of a... And uh, two women come out of each home. They also are both wearing the same clothes. They're each in a modest blue dress with a bonnet over their head. And they come running out, holding the edge of their skirt up. And they'll say, Now, Terrence, Wyman... Stop your fighting. Come on, boys. And they get to the edge of the road and then say, Now you go back inside. I swear, I swear to my Lord, I will get 
all four of these people seem to be arguing and bickering with each other, speaking the exact same words to each other over and over again. What would you like to do? Well, there seem to be good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> now, between the three of us, I'm the only true businessman here, no offense to either of you, and I believe that it's within our best interests to start a bidding war to see who can give us the lowest price for the most Cristato. I mean, we're going to need all the money... We're going to have to save all the money that we can to not only use the 56 gold to buy the Cristados, but to also the, what was it, 800 gold we promised the children's choir? Ah, uh, yes. Well, we never said when we'd pay them that, so let's wait till the city coughs it up. <laughs> we also presumably need to hire chefs who can cook the Cristados 100 different ways. That is true. However... I do know somebody with quite a few hands that may have some ability there. <laughs> <laughs> and I can also use my homunculus servant. <laughs> at, this, at this point, with the farmers yelling at each other and you setting a plan, you see two young people emerge from each farmhouse, slamming the door open as they do. The farmers kind of quiet down and look back over their shoulders, back at their homes. And you see... Out of the values farm walks Gan Bell. He's wearing ripped jeans and a band shirt. He's really punk rock. He's got long black hair. Comes sauntering out. Out of the other home, the principal's farm, you see Kay Fall. Kay is also punk rock. She has red hair that she's cut herself clearly with shears. Ripped jeans. Also a band shirt. And they come kind of sidling up. Slowly making their way to the edge of their properties and looking at their families, the families looking back at them tense. They cross the street, meet in the middle and are going to both look at you. And um, Kay will speak up first. She goes, what's up? I don't speak the current young generation vernacular. Um, is there, do you, do you, do you guys, uh, Clegg, do you know what they're saying? You spend a lot of time with children. Clegg, perhaps cast Speak with Animal and see if that works. <laughs> Clegg will just ignore that and say hi. Uh, we're, gonna, we're going into town. We're going to get something to eat. I can't help but notice that you two seem to be engaged in some sort of forbidden romance between <laughs> warring farms. What's that now? Oh, I guess so. I mean, uh, and the, the parents will speak up. You see Wyman Fall, the leader of the principal's farm, is going to speak first now. Now they've they've kind of broken unison. Wyman will say, Now, Kay, don't you go running off with this hooligan, Gan. He's nothing but trouble and you know it. And you, young man, Albert Penis, oh, you haven't said your name. You, young man, with the, uh... I see you see my name tag. Yes, yeah, what's that say? Uh, Albert Penis? Is, is that what, what... Am I pronouncing that right? You sure that's not, uh, Panus? Nope, it is penis. It is Albert Penis. It's actually why I got the phonetic spelling on my name tag to prevent these issues that seem to be happening with me with quite frequency. I see. And the phonetic is just an arrow pointed downwards? That is correct. To my <laughs> belt buckle, which is the penis family crest. <laughs> and it's such a familiar symbol that no one could ever mispronounce it. Well, it, it worked. I had it right. Anyway, what I wanted to say is our kids don't re represent us well. And uh, the other dad will speak up, Terrence Bell. He'll say, exactly. I mean, the principal's farm and the value farms just couldn't be any more different. And our kids go on gallivanting like we're exactly the same. Like we can be buddy-buddy. And frankly, I just don't see it. 
If, now, if you're here to do business, I'm happy to take you inside. And Wyman will say, no, I'm happy to take you inside. Fellas, can I gather you for a sidebar? Who are you? Speaking s- to my party members, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not the farmer. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll sidebar with you. All right, so clearly we need to enact our bidding war plan, and I have an idea on how to do it. And clearly these fellows seem to have no interest in meeting in the same room. So, two of us will go with one of them, one will go with the other, and my homunculus servant will carry back instructions between each of us as we gather information and get prices. Can he speak? He can carry things, so we can write (laughs) notes and place them in one of his three hands. This is the most elaborate note-passing scheme in the history of Chester's chair. I try my best. It's so crazy it might just work. And that's why we're here, baby. I'm gonna dab. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, this is the plan you're going with? Unless unless my party members disagree. Is there any other plan? I think this is the most obvious one. I think we could potentially engage with the teens, but I think it would be easier to have the homunculus like pass notes, throw notes at us with one of his three hands. Okay. And I think we've got it. You'll be splitting up and having the homunculus run between the two homes to secretly pass notes? Yes. Understood. We could also employ Summer's Bounty if need be as well. Perhaps they can work together. Ooh, they could meet in the middle so then they could come back twice as fast. That's true. Summer's Bounty um, can communicate telepathically with Clegg, but we're still working on So then perhaps one one of us will go with each farmer and then someone will stay in the middle to facilitate the meeting of Summer's Bounty and the homunculi. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think we have to do that. Yeah, I think Clegg will stay in the middle and try to facilitate because she can at least speak with Summer's Bounty and Although he isn't an animal anymore, maybe she can, like, sign language with the chimp. Right. Now, neither of us can communicate with Summer's Bounty, right? That's right. No. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. Oh, are you asking if this plan it's, makes sense? It's still... Right. The jury's still out if the homunculus understands what I'm saying. Uh-huh. We can, he has no ears. We can make this work. So, I'll go with the values guy and take the homunculus. And then, um, Jeremiah, if you want to take Summer's Bounty and go with the, the principal's farm... And then, Clegg, uh, do you want like, a crossword or something while you're waiting? Yeah, that's fine. Or I'm just going <laughs> to throw rocks. Okay. Cool. I, I hold, Jeremiah holds up his arm for Summer's Bounty to perch on like a, a graceful golden eagle. I'll tell Summer's Bounty to go ahead. I'll give him some basic instructions. <laughs> Summer's Bounty understands these instructions perfectly. He'll, he's to take notes and bring them back to you in the middle. The homunculus servant... Let's take a little minute to see if the homunculus servant understands you. I I, I want to say it does because it's kind of a powerful thing. Yeah, in my mind, it was like a daredevil situation, but instead of hearing, it's like like sensation, sort of like Toph from Avatar. Yeah, I kind of like that. So somewhere between Toph and the world on fire, the homunculus can kind of get around. Okay, so the homunculus understands the languages you speak, but cannot speak itself. Great. Well, I speak common Orcish and Halfling. I don't speak porkish, though. That's what the, that's what the cops speak. <laughs> Got him. Oh. Albert Penis, you are able to communicate even complex instructions to the homunculus, and it will understand them. Right. But it can't write a note, and it also can't read out instructions. Great. So I have to figure out a way to get to communicate to Clegg. Yeah. Okay. I'll try my best. Okay. You, you convey that basic information to the farmers? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a Great. sit down. 
Terrence Bell is going to take. Wait, do we want to do we want to keep them in the dark, or do we want to tell them they're bidding against each other? Oh, that's a good point. Oh no, we definitely want to tell them that they're bidding against each other. These okay. guys are mortal enemies. Okay, they will do anything to embarrass the other. Great. So the plan devised. Jeremiah is going to walk off with Terrence Bell, entering the farmhouse of the Values Farm, and Albert Penis will do the same with Wyman Fall of the Principal's Farm. You each are led inside a beautiful manor home, colonnades outside. The inside is full of doilies and crochet. Family portraits adorn the walls, including the kids a little bit younger, still kind of punk rock, the black sheeps of their respective families. You're brought through a long hallway and into a wide open room with a large roaring fireplace. Fine velvet chairs and couches are laid out here. There's glass tables with uh, ornamental details around them. Each is also covered in simple but also fine crystal goblets. Next to them, carafes of brandy and wine. Wyman and Terrence are each going to sit in a large, lavish chair as their wives, Cynthia Bell and Bridget Fall. One of their names is Cynthia Bell? Cynthia Bell. That is a childhood family friend. Really? <laughs> oh. Who runs a horse ranch. And that's her. Wow. That's why I modeled the character. Hi, Cynthia. She goes by Cindy. Oh. Cindy, if you're listening, this one's for you. Bridget <laughs> Fall sits down as well. When we have a moment, can I roll something back before the three of us? Yep, yep, good. Do it. So, as a familiar, Summer's Bounty can deliver a spell if it is in touch range. So, I'll give Summer's Bounty guidance Whoa. to give to Jeremiah. Hell yeah. He needs it. I think the way it works is you can have the familiar deliver the spell. So, I think I'll just give Summer's Bounty the command of, like, give him guidance. When you get inside? You Yeah, when he starts talking. Great. And so when conversation begins, Summer's Bounty will lay one thorny paw on the side <laughs> of your neck, Jeremiah, and give you guidance. It bleeds a little bit, but this is this <laughs> this is the, the most embrace that he's ever had from anybody in uh, over a decade. And so he kind of leans into Oh my it. gosh. Really he leans into it. Small kiss from a bat. And you hear <laughs> Jeremiah Jeremiah is beaming. Just smiling. Jeremiah has COVID now. <laughs> <laughs> and a D4 to add to all his rolls. <laughs> it was worth it. Settling down in here, the plan intact, Wyman and Terrence Fall say, so let's get down to brass tacks, can we? I'm hoping to supply you all 1,000 Chris Taters. Typically, a Chris Tater raw costs about two copper pieces each. Two copper pieces times 1,000 is 2,000. And convert it into gold for our simple brains is 20 gold pieces for all thousand Chris Taters. Four gold. <laughs> Wyman Fall is going to lean into you, Albert Penis, and say, Did you just say four gold for all thousand Chris Taters? Wyman, on my way up here, I noticed two things. One, I walk too closely together and I'm prone to rashing. Two, not a single billboard exists for your farm. You have the sign out front. There's no advertising for your farm in the city. There's no there's no advertising at carriage stops. Well now what what do you think would happen to your farm's business if somebody has Chris Tato one hundred ways and enjoys the best meal of their life and they ask themselves, 
Where do these crustatoes come from? And then I walk up to them, rash gone thanks to some ointment I've applied on myself, and I say, I got these from, am I at principal or family? Or, er, which one am I at? I kind of want to not tell principal. you for the Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ruined it. It's okay, I was going to say principal, so that's okay. fine. And they say, principal farms. Golly. And now everyone's buying their Cristados from Principal Farms. Maybe they're buying other stuff. Maybe you, you have Cristado milk, Cristado flour. I can change your life if you just give me your hand. And a thousand Cristados for only four gold. Golly, Mr. Penis. Albert Penis. Albert Penis. I've always thought that one day with enough hard work, the Principal's Farm could be the number one purveyor of novelty products. In all of Chester's chair. Novelty products. Uh, novelty products. The Chris Tato is mostly consumed as a dare. Mm. Sorry, I thought this was a, a business opportunity for a moment. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yes. I'm interested, but I don't I, I just don't know if I can go to four gold pieces. Alright, you got me. Five gold. Mm. And before I have you roll for it, I'll we'll cut across the street to the same scene happening in the values farm. Terrence Bell, also leaning on one arm. Uh, he's poured himself a cognac, as has Wyman. He'll look over at you, Jeremiah, and say, Now, I'm going to say the same, <laughs> exactly the same <laughs> words as that other guy said. <laughs> 20 gold. 20 gold. Now, Terrence, both you and I know how the Chris Tato sales have been going. I, I've worked for you on your farm in the past, we've been friends for many years. I follow the futures contracts for the Chris Tatos, and they are in the dust. They're underwater. They're underwater. I need these Chris Taters. You need to get rid of them. Otherwise, they're going to go bad soon. How much are you offering, Jeremiah? Four gold. <laughs> it's almost like you can listen to each other. Four gold, huh? Golly, that's tough. That's tough, even though I do consider myself the number one purveyor of novelty products in Chester's chair. That's tough. I mean, we you if you're the number one, we might have to go to the, the small business to help stimulate their growth. Jeremiah, you wouldn't go across the street. I'm doing what's best for this uh, town. Those bastards, I will, I will <laughs> swear. Cynthia Bell's going to go... <gasps> I will swear, those bastards at the principal's farm have never worked a hard day in their life. They don't understand old-fashioned values. I understand that, and that's why every time I've worked for you, uh, that's why we throw rotten crustaters at their fa- at their farms when we're working. Absolutely, Jeremiah. And yet, sometimes I get rotten crustaters thrown back the other way. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Well, that's when I'm working on the principal's farm. We we do the same thing. God, war is low. And now before you roll, are you passing information back to give yourself some, some advantage? And what is that information? So I have Summer's Bounty. You have Summer's Bounty. Albert has a homunculus. I'll have you essentially make one roll to try and get the price down, unless things go a different way. But you can you can give each other some insider info if you have it. Jeremiah is going to write a note for Summer's Bounty, and it's going to read, I have them on the ropes. Give me a little bit more time. Okay, and you'll have Summer's Bounty run that back to Clay? Yep. Terrence goes, ah, 
How was that little? He's gonna let it go. Actually, let me make a roll. Yeah, he's not particularly alarmed about this note-taking tactic. You've taken a hard line with him already. Summer's bounty flies back to Clegg. Um, I don't know if now's the time, but while those two have been talking, can Clegg cast Minor Illusion? Yeah. So Clegg's gonna Minor Illusion. She's in the middle of the street. She's gonna Minor Illusion the two teens that we met. Kay, Fall, and Gan Bell. Yes. Now, Minor Illusion is in a five-foot cube. Yeah, so they're two, just the the faces of those two teens, and they're standing really close to each other. And she's going to say, I don't understand why you two can't just respect me. She's having her own negotiation. She's saying, (laughs) I'm trying my best, but all you do is hoot at me, and it makes me sick. And all I've ever done is my best, and I've never done anything wrong except for that one time. And I would just like it if you would stop hooting. You say this to the illusory faces? Yeah, just to the... the <laughs> it's the concept of teens. Great. And pff, the illusion fades as Summer's Bounty flies back to you with this note. Um, Clegg's going to read the note and go, Oh, that's probably important. And, and fly Summer's Bounty just to the other side. Tell him to, to run in and deliver the note. Okay. Albert Pina says you're sitting there negotiating. You see a uh, Summer's Bounty flies in through the door and is going to land at your feet with a note. oh wait sorry it's my turn so i (laughs) muted you guys because i had a feeling that those two'd be able to communicate well but i didn't think that we'd be able to effectively communicate between homunculus so i muted you guys so that i would organically get whatever clegg says if it's successful or not because i feel like it's kind of cheating if i get to hear stuff that i'm not supposed to be there for wow I, i appreciate the commitment to the game i love that wow as you sit in the principal's farm, Summer's Bounty flies in. He lands at your feet. He has a note for you. All right, I'm going to unwrap it. It's in Jeremiah's handwriting. It says, I've got him on the ropes. I just need a little more time. All right, time to stall. Excuse me, uh, Hyman, is it? Wyman. Wyman, sorry. I uh, couldn't help but notice you have some fine brandy on that shelf there. I, I do. Would you care for a glance? Actually, please, I, w- I would hate for you to reach for yourself. If my servant could go grab it for us, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, let's show them off. Yeah, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whisper to the monkey, over to the servant, knock it all over. Fucking destroy it. <laughs> destroy it. Knock it all over. <laughs> uh, make a stealth check, just to keep us all honest. Sure. Six. A six. All right, he's going to roll against you. Wow. It is your lucky day as he rolls a four. Thank God. And is too distracted by the sight of this beautiful, strange, three-armed chimpanzee creature to hear what you say. And the chimp is going to, and Wyman goes, yeah, all right. I've always wanted to see one of these monkey things. Oh, yes. They all look exactly like this. Yeah, this is what they look like. I've never seen one. And it's going to reach up and... Crash! Bottles hit the floor. Oh no! Oh Fine my! Crystal. What a horrible accident! I'm so sorry. What in the world? Hey. Oh, we're still working out some kings and his fine motor skills. He'll allow me to clean that up. Gosh! I'm gonna start trying to take off his shirt. <laughs> like a rat. Hey! Don't touch me! This is not shirt. Sorry. 
You know what? That's fair. I'll use my own shirt, and I'm going to slowly unbutton my tunic as slow as possible. <laughs> Mr. Penis, it's seeping into the rug. Bridget, go. Albert Penis, and I'm sure it'll be fine. Rugs are, rugs are uh, resilient. That's why they're, that's what, they're resilient. Bridget Falls says, my dad gave me this rug. Oh, golly. She'll run into the other room and comes back a, a moment later with some, some rags. Here. Fear not, I have in my possession a miracle cure for any sort of spill. So give me one moment, oh, and good. I'm going to cast Tasha's Caustic Brew. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's an acid spell? It's an acid spell. And you, you're pouring this all over the floor? Um, specifically the rug, yes. <laughs> the rug boils and burns. Oh gosh, no! Oh, stay away, stay away! But see how the stain is is leaving. It's very. It works very well. Mr. Penis, you're destroying my home! Oh, I'm trying my best to help it. I'm gonna Give me one moment. I'm going to run over to the servant, and I'm going to communicate. Find out how much more time I need, and I'm going to have him run off. He runs off as uh, as you're battling Wyman Fall, and we cut across... Now, who likes close-up magic? <laughs> we cut back to Clegg as the homunculus comes barreling towards you, Clegg. And uh, the homunculus meets you in the middle of the road. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can I roll back something? I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cast uh, magical tinkering. Which again, magical tinkering is not the thing that makes a homunculus. It's a fuse item. Magical tinkering allows me to imbue an object with a um, magical property of my choice, including a six-second long recorded message. And so, when I pressed him and hey. said, "Find out how much more time he needs," that is playing on a loop as he's standing <laughs> there from his body. I love it. So as he runs over, oh, find out how much more time he needs. Find out how much more time he needs. The homunculus servant comes running up towards you. And plays this like a jukebox, Clegg. Wow, Clegg's minor illusion of her dad just disappears into the air. She goes, huh, what? <laughs> I missed a lot. I'm going to mute again. <laughs> <laughs> Clegg will scrawl a little note um, for Summer's Bounty to carry that says, find how much time we need with like a little like little box. Okay. And we'll tell him to fly off as fast as he can. Summer's Bounty <laughs> flies in to the other farm with you, Jeremiah. Clegg, in the meanwhile, is going to like try to wrangle the homunculus servant. She's going to try to take his measurements because she's sick of seeing him naked and wants to make him some pants. I love it. Uh, the homunculus servant uh, uh, fights just instinctively whenever touched, but eventually calms down. He recognizes you. And uh, inside, Summer's Bounty delivers you this message, Jeremiah. Jeremiah has been sitting stoically, feeling like he has Terrence eating out of the palm of his hands at this point. This is the most cutthroat Jeremiah has ever been in his entire life mm-hmm. and ha- is taking no prisoners. And when Summer's Bounty comes and, and lands on his uh, other shoulder, making that uh, side start bleeding as well, uh, <laughs> he looks at the note and gives a real long look and says, uh-huh, that's, that's about what I thought. And uh, he takes the quill and he checks the five more minutes and then uh, gives it to him. Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to happen. Oh, I love it. So you're misleading. Um, go ahead and make a deception check against Terrence Bell. And if this is successful, it will dramatically lower the DC needed to persuade him <laughs> to give you a good price. You got a 10. Does the guidance help or does can... it, is it over? Yeah, this is within that one minute. This is fast. Yeah. Okay, I'll roll my guidance. Okay, we got a 12. A 12. Terrence Bell looks at you. He said four gold pieces. Four gold pieces. And your name will be known across Chester's chair as 
the Chris Tater farm that supplied the Queen's Feast with all of the Chris Taters anybody has ever had. He's thinking about this very deeply. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. And this persuasion check is with advantage. And I can still use guidance. Yep. We'll say this is the end of your guidance. Okay. Yeah, come back. Ooh, that was a good one. Uh, so that is 19. A 19. Thanks for the guidance. Really? Terrence, Terrence Bell is going to... Oh, he pulls at his pants a little bit. He's even going to get up and he takes one walk around the chair and he looks back at you and he says, Jeremiah, you drive a hard bargain. But if you put Values Farm at the Chris Jader meal for the queen... You'll have your crustaceans for full gold pieces. That's a guarantee. We'll have them branded on every single every single crustaceans skin. That's the deal. We'll reach a hand out. All right. Reaches back and says, "Pleasure doing business with you." Great. And the deal made, but not yet communicated to Albert Penis. Summer's bounty will fly back with that five minutes checked. We'll cut across to the to the center again, Clegg. You receive a note back from Summer's bounty. It says five more minutes needed. Uh, Clegg will look at the note and go, Summer's Bounty, how long did it take you to fly here? He communicates he flew back right away. Oh, okay. Uh, then you gotta fly back and <laughs> fly over there. You gotta get there as fast as you can. And he'll fly to Albert Penis, who was on mute and now is not on mute. I've been paying attention to body language. I'm an expert now. Great. Uh, Summer's Bounty <laughs> flies in, gives you a... Thank God. Gives you a note. I'm gonna put away, I'm gonna put away one of those very long handkerchiefs that you pull out of your throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wyman Fall and Bridget Fall are getting quite, they're getting visibly upset at this point. Yeah. Summer's Bounty flies in. He has a note. It's your note. Uh, oh, it's, it's a note that says how much time is needed. There's a box, several options. It says like one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. The five minutes is checked. Right. Now I wonder if this is five minutes from when the note was made or when it was expected to arrive. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Five minutes. I think it's time for a sales pitch. Well, I I must think about your offer of five Chris Tatos for or five five coin for one thousand Chris Tatos. Um, in the meantime, I seem to have noticed that you two do not seem to have any toasted bread in your house. <laughs> Mister Penis, what are you getting on about? Well, I just every piece of bread I've seen from when I walked into the kitchen until I matched them in other rooms since I got in here has been completely flaccid. <laughs> Have you ever had toasted bread? No, we have not had toasted bread. We're not as fancy as you city folk. We don't have rugs from here and there. We can't pull long ropes out of our mouths. <laughs> well, what if I told you, first of all, it's a handkerchief. Second of all, what if I told you that for the mere price of three copper, you could have all the toasted bread in the world? Go ahead and make a persuasion check, because he is upset at you. He's not necessarily going to go for it right away. Yeah, hey. And eight, he goes, what if I told you for three copper pieces I can throw you the hell out of here? Well, that would be well within your right as a homeowner, but why don't I just show you how it works? I'm going to pull out. So, as we talked about before, I had a ton of spell slots that I had not been using, and one of my spells is catapult. And so, (laughs) since I'm an artificer, catapult is my failed toaster. It is supposed to be a normal toaster that just toasts things, but instead... What was supposed to be a toaster is now a very violent catapult. I love it. So I'm going to fire this in the middle of their home. And this is a spell that does a good amount of damage, right? This spell does 
14 bludgeoning damage Incredible. per the roll I just made. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna go straight into the room. Are you aiming it at anything, or are you just firing <laughs> I'm putting it in the middle of the room. Well, I guess the middle of the room has now been, I'm assuming, burned to the ground in acid, so I'm gonna put it to, like, not close to the wall, but, like, maybe a few feet away from the wall, and then just, like, set it off and then run. Great. So, the rug has been burned with acid down to the floorboards, and before they can stop you, you put the catapult toaster out, and it does 14 bludgeoning damage to the ceiling above it, meaning the ceiling boards crack, and a bathtub up above you goes, falls from the ceiling down into uh, the base of the house, and an old man inside of it, naked, goes, Wyman? Now what the hell's going on here? And Wyman says, Dad, I'm sorry. Mr. Penis, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Now, before you get too upset, I'm just as confused as you are. Normally, this does not produce an old man. And the, the old man will stand up. He's completely naked. Uh, bubble. He's in a bubble bath, and the bubbles, just, like, drip off him slowly. Like, essentially? Why is it slow? <laughs> the bubbles drip off him. <laughs> like, it's like a slow <laughs> reveal of his genitals. Yeah, exactly. He stands up, and he's kind of censored. And then as he delivers the next line, he slowly <laughs> uncensors himself. He'll say, As I'm being stared at, my eyes are going to slowly drip with the bubbles. Not in, <laughs> yeah. not in lust, but in horror. He says, <laughs> I've been trying to do that. For 60 years. Trying to fall out of the bathtub? Trying to make my bathtub go boom. Whiteman says, my dad, Really? My dad's an anarchist. Yeah. No, daddy, come on back. And uh, the old man well, goes, Hold oh, on. Man. Your father is well within his rights to pursue any indie service that I offer. Now, unfortunately, the toaster that I just used is broken, but I do have another one that um, works just as well, but it costs 40 gold. Mr. Penis, get out of here. Albert Penis. Albert Penis. Get the hell out of my house. Okay. It's your house, your rules. I'm going to, whoa, and then I'm going to, like, <laughs> soccer-style fake that I've broken my ankle walking out. <laughs> so I have to sit there. Great. You can trip in the little bit of puddle of water that's yeah. that's dripped off this old man. Oh, dear, I've broken my ankle. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to I have to lay here a moment in agony. Just give me, give me three and a half minutes at most. <laughs> Make a deception check. Thirteen. Great. With a, with a 13, with the amount of bad will that you have generated with these folks, um, Wyman's going to say, I don't believe that for a minute. Get on out of here. And the old man goes, come on out of here. And he'll take you by the hand and start to walk you out. Sorry, before they leave me back, can I roll back something? Yeah. I would like to do an acrobatics check and just see what kind of flip I get on that fake trip. Okay, <laughs> go ahead and make the, yeah. You did a backflip once before. I rolled a five. Okay, it's, it's, I can see why it's not. You fall for real. Yes, you fall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a good fall. Actually, oh. funny enough, with a failed acrobatics check in this case, it's a good flip. Too good to actually be a, a fake fall. <laughs> it's just <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Ah, you were faking that. I knew it. I can see it. All right, fine. You have skill in that roll, Albert Penis. Get out of here. You're escorted outside by a naked old man, and as the the naked old man walks you hand in hand out the front door, you look out. Jeremiah is already back with Clegg, and they're like loading Chris Tatos into a wagon. Also, oh, the homunculus god. now has um, is wearing a pair of jean shorts. Oh my god! I never noticed the homunculus's ass before this. <laughs> well, old man, thank you for being so kind as to escort me out. I I do wonder though, are you are you happy in your current living situation? I uh, yeah. It's fine. It, it, I'm okay. I'm not that happy, honestly. I've always wanted some more life. 
Well, if you want to live in the city where things happen, you can live in the in the, you can live with me with all of my machines and my contraptions. Really? Yes. Just don't blow up my bath. Am I right? <laughs> well, you can blow up my toilet all you want. <laughs> are you Are you legitimately offering? Yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead and make a persuasion check. This guy might do it. <laughs> 17 <laughs> thank god you got all the dog shit rolls out front this old man i just want to say before people get mad when they're listening this is in character for albert penis who grew up as an outcast in a in a town that did not respect him so to see this guy who's an anarchist who's forced into this old man house by his son he has a reason to want to bring this man home he looks back at the house looks over at you there's a porch swing on the on the veranda here. He jumps on it with both feet. Oh. It breaks. The chain holding it up breaks, shatters. He picks it up, throws it onto the lawn. And that's what I think of you. That's what I think of the principal's farm. I'm coming with this man. Wyman Farm goes, Dad, what? You're going to rue the day, Dad. And this this man goes, come. I'm gonna have the homunculus pick him up so we can run. <laughs> the homunculus pick him up. Yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah. yeah. The, the homunculus. This guy's light. The homunculus is easily yeah. able to pick him up. The old man, uh, as he's being carried off, is going to double flip off his own son. Oh yeah! As he's he's carried out, and you rejoin the group in the middle of the street. Um, Jeremiah is having the Chris Tatos are being loaded onto a wagon at the Values Farm. They seem like they'll be brought to you in a day or two, and they're on their own. Clegg's gonna direct the homunculus servant to get out of his shorts, his newly created jean shorts. Great. Uh, he understands common, and so the homunculus servant with three hands is going to just rip in half the jean shorts and they fall in pieces. <laughs> Clegg's so upset. She spent the whole negotiation um, minor illusioning people she had gripes with and also making these pants. But she will pass off the um, cut in half, ripped in half pants and hand them to the old man, like, with covering her eyes, like. Thank you kindly, young lady. Who are you? And there we will take our break. <laughs> we'll come back in a few minutes. We'll see you after the break. Bye-bye. Woo-hoo. <laughs> As we come back, this wiry, strange old man that you've picked up from the uh, principal's farm after falling out of a bathtub from the ceiling, he takes the two half pieces of jean short, newly ripped off the homunculus. He covers himself with that, holding one in front of his penis and one Uh, hiding his asshole. Yes, go ahead. Real quick, can either of my smith's tools, thieves tools, or tinker's tools, could I use any of those to fix pants? Can you use any of those to fix pants? Let me look up the other... Let me see. I'm checking what's in them now, actually. Tinker's Tools just has items needed to pursue a craft or trade. There are Weaver's Tools and other things that are more specifically on it, but I'd say you can makeshift it. Sounds like I know them. Now, I'll say you can makeshift it with a Tinker's Tools. It won't be a permanent fix, but you could do something that would hold together. Great. Should I roll something or... Yeah, what are you trying to make? I'm trying to sew his shorts back on. To the homunculus? No, to the, the, the naked old man. Okay, right now he's just holding them in in front. They're not shorts big enough for him. They're made for a tiny homunculus. Oh, okay. Uh, in that case, I'm just going to take off my button-up shirt and offer to tie it around his waist. Great, okay. Uh, he'll take it and he goes, Thank you. He says, My name is John Moneyboy Fall. Interesting. Now, did you have that name before you fell out of the bathtub? Were, 
Was there a plan for you to be used? <laughs> Ignoring that question, he says, you may, have, uh, you may have heard of the breeze top bombing. And go oh ahead God. and make a... Um, <laughs> breeze top bombing? <laughs> Is it history we're rolling? Yeah, go ahead and make history checks, please. Okay. Four. 19. Not as much as 19. Okay, what's yours though, Jeremiah? The DC is different for you because oh. you have different levels of familiarity with the town. Oh, I got a nine. A nine, okay. Against all odds, the two residents of Chestershire never heard of this incident, but Clegg Tumstool, in some of your wizardly readings, prepping for a new life in Chester's chair. Maybe on like the back of a new scroll where she was like looking at the missed connections, but ended up reading about. I'm supposing the Unabomber? <laughs> exactly. You have heard of something called the Breeze Top bombing. An infamous attack on the Breeze Top estates. The only known attack in recorded history in which stale rock-hard Chris Tatos were catapulted into the city, causing one fatality, a window fern. The man responsible for it was known as Money Boy and has long been believed dead. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, so the potato, the Chris Tato, like, killed somebody? Like, what impact? What was it the... killed one fern. Oh, okay. Did it cause extensive, like, property damage? It caused damage? property damage, broken windows, and killed a fern, a houseplant. And um, the the uh, the attacker is presumed dead. Jeremiah hears this, and uh, he's, no, 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 no. That was, that that's propaganda. There's no way there would ever be an attack on our soil. We are a free city and we would never have anything bad happen to us I ever. did it I did it yes and I, no. and I and I bet once the cops heard property damage they came right over in the breeze top estates they rounded me up quick but I gave them the split and I've been hiding out ever since well well but now I'm back on the streets ready to cause <laughs> more mayhem any oh enemy God. of the police is a friend of mine happy to have you aboard money bags money boy Money boy. <laughs> Do you have any money? Nope. I don't even have pants. So were you a farmer and then your son just followed your footsteps or did he was this independent and he was taking care of you? He wanted to be the, he he wanted to be a farmer. He's whatever they call self-made and I moved in with him when I went on the lamb. Okay. I'm 99 years old. Do you have any old. food allergies? What's that? Do you have any food allergies? <laughs> Since I'll be caring for you? Peanuts. Okay. Well, that's... I cook mainly curry, so that will be a problem. But I'll work on that. We'll figure okay. it out. Well, I'm excited to start a life living in your shop. What'd you guys get up to, Walla? <laughs> I can't... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> this is too ridiculous. <laughs> this was not a planned character. This was an improvisation <laughs> that's gone... Did you come up this during the break? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had the heist already happened and you repurposed, or the attack happened and you repurposed it, or did you come up with this backstory? <laughs> the, uh, it, it, it is invented. I made this. <laughs> and final question: Is that why you had us take a break? Yeah. <laughs> it was also time, but yes, it was. The break was a little okay. Um, it's not earlier than we normally do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we riding back into town now. Is that what we're doing? So you're heading back in town. You're a chimpanzee homunculus carrying this wiry old man, money boy. We can assume you've discussed the your payment. Oh, actually, Albert Pena has, actually hasn't heard about it. So as you're walking back, anything you want to discuss? 
Yes, so what is this deal that you two managed upon that beat my five gold for 1,000 Cristatos? I was able to whittle them down to four gold for 1,000 Cristatos. Dear God, that's more than my... That's exactly my initial offer. It was the negotiation of a lifetime. Amazing. Now, how did he react when you burnt his rug? I didn't break his rug, um, but I do have to get a new collared shirt because (laughs) Summer's Bounty uh, has caused a lot of bleeding in my neck area. Are you still bleeding? Uh, Yes. Well, how long are Summer's Bounty's talons? They're not particularly long. They're just they're just little because she's it's just a little bat, right? Yeah. Okay. well, then. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees the blood and, and he's like, I'm still bleeding. I would like to cast Cure Wounds, or Heal Wounds. Cure Wounds, yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy Dewey found his spells. Yeah, it's really, it's really helping the game a lot. Now that I can use my character yeah. sheet. Um, so I'm going to cast Cure Wounds, and because I am an um, uh, artificer, because I'm an artificer, I um, obviously I don't use spells, I do inventions. Now, this is snake oil. I'm going to rub snake oil on him, but this is actual oil from the snake that does cure wounds. It's not like the fake mm-hmm. shit that old, you know, my whatever the fucks would use. So, I'm going to rub my... Here's some of my patented snake oil. Here you'll write up, and I'm going to dab it on my hands like a little um, salve and just slap it on him like it's aftershave. And then let me cast cure wounds and heal six hit points. It, it it burns for him and he's like well I've, this feels like my my icy flame that i put on ev- on my knees every morning <laughs> like we'll say summer's bounty i think it's high time for an apology summer's bounty did nothing wrong he, he just needs a pedicure we're trying to i'm trying to get him to learn how to speak and i was hoping his guilt may prompt him <laughs> summer's bounty will fly up to you jeremiah and go That was good. Jeremiah is still waiting. Oh, and? Ma. Okay, I think I got that one. This is the closest he's ever come. So now we're harboring a fugitive and <laughs> we have 1,000 crustatoes and I resolved some things with my dad. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad that you worked out stuff with your father. I know how tricky families can be. Thanks. It was just a minor illusion, but I like to think that one day I will be strong enough to say those things to his face. Of course. I hope one day I'll be strong enough to do a (laughs) (laughs) push-up. And you wander in closer to town, the rolling hills of the Cristado Farms fading into uh, into the distance, and the air around you gets thicker, heavier, hotter as you re enter the swamp of Chester's chair. Your shirt sticks to you. Uh, your feet now slightly wet, walking through the mud of the root district. You wander on through over muddy streams, occasionally pushing through dense patches of, of reeds in the swamp. And eventually, you come across a section of the root district, and these exist all throughout the root district, where the homes are particularly dilapidated. The decades of swamp water uh, rising up at high tides er erode the foundation of some of these older homes. As you round a corner, you hear cracking of wood and help! Please, help, help! Turning the corner now quickly, you see a family 
is trying to pull a young boy out of a home that seems to be collapsing on him. They're humans. They're, they're tugging on him hard while dad tries in vain to lift a heavy beam off this kid. Uh, what would you like to do? I mean, obviously we're helping him. I'm just looking up spells. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah we're looks, looking at yeah. our spells. Trying <laughs> 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 see which one's What would be help. the best in-character thing? Can I use my thorn whip as an item instead of an attack, or does it have to always be an attack? It's an attack. Okay. But it could... Actually, no, thinking about it now, I should not use this with a child, so that's actually fine. Um, For now, I'll at least cast Mage Hand and try to um have one more... Great. The mage hand hand helps a little bit, though. A mage hand is not able to, it doesn't have a lot of strength. Trying to lift this beam, the water from the swamp in one of these floods that happen periodically, rising higher and higher, threatening to take the whole house down. Chimpy, I'm going to ask my homunculus servant to go help the man lift up the beam. Great. Chimpy, the beam! Runs over there. (laughs) He puts down the old man. Trying to lift the beam up, and the beam starting starting to move. Although again, both these creatures are somewhat weak. Jeremiah, what are you doing? Uh, Jeremiah was going to cast uh, cast bless on three the three uh, people that are trying to hold. Yeah, everybody who's trying three people who are trying to hold it up. Nice. They take a bless and can yeah, add a d four. He's, he's going to say the power of Kelimvor give you strength. Great. And they're filled with a surge of energy as they push. It doesn't, and just as it doesn't seem to be enough, the water overtaking another figure turns the corner. A halfling woman, she's wearing a a small navy suit, old but immaculately clean. She has short cropped black hair. She runs over to this uh, log and she's going to lift it. And with almost holy strength, lifts up on the beam, carrying it by herself. Chimpy now barely touching it. Um, The mage hand just kind of poking at it with a finger as this woman, holy strength surging through her arms, lifts the beam up. And the the father is able to pull the, the child out from under the beam just as the water rushes past taking the house downstream, obliterating it, and sending it, shooting down the the river, out of sight. This woman puts the beam down, tossing it over her shoulder, looks over at them, and says, Is everyone okay? And she's going to cast a a cure wounds and kind of tend to the the minor wounds that that these people have. They they say, Thank you so much for... You saved my son. And she says, No thanks are needed. I only did what I can to help. Now, I must... She looks down and then looks back up with a fiery resolve. And she says, An enemy has been cast this day. That particular patch of water. If we ever cross paths again, water, I declare I shall smite thee from the face of this world. That particular patch of water, I will banish you. And um, the family goes, well, thanks, thanks again anyway. Thanks, thanks, Joanna. And they, they'll kind of hustle off, tending to their wounds, walking down the street. They, they're, they're knocking on a door. It seems maybe like a relative's house. And this woman <sighs> breathes out. She dusts herself off. And she'll, she'll notice all of you. What would you like to do? Jeremiah is going to suggest 
why don't you just make your houses a little bit taller so they don't get washed away like that? Ah, a fine idea. Now, if only we had the money, the means to construct such buildings, we, we surely would. But sadly, the residents of the Root District uh, are of lesser means. And um, as this woman takes you all in and you notice her, you recognize her. This is Jill Rana Thistletop, the kind of de facto leader of the quilters in the Root District. Also an old classmate of yours, Albert Penis. One that you haven't seen in a long time. Jill Rana, my old classmate. I haven't seen you in quite a long time. <laughs> he says, oh, Albert, yes. I trust you've been keeping well? Yes, keeping well and good. I, I trust you've been keeping good and well. Well, you can say that. There's always work to be done around here. I, wouldn't I know? My life is work. Why did I say that? Everyone's life is work. God damn it. Well, my life's work <laughs> is helping others. Sure, as is mine with my with my inventions. <laughs> yeah, I guess different different strokes. You still, I remember you dating that that young other halfling at our high school. Is that ever you ever marry him? Oh, uh, uh Timbletop. Yes, Timbletop. Yeah, no, it didn't quite work out for for us. But I like to think that I'm I'm married to the people of the Root District. Oh, sh- sure, me too. Oh yeah, you too. You know, I haven't yes. seen you around Orda's house recently. It's been a while. Oh, yes. I've been quite busy. As you can see, I'm starting a family, and I'm going to point to the old man of the homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, she'll wave to them. They wave to her. <laughs> the monkey waves three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you, Albert. It's good to see you. Of course. Well, uh, I hope our paths can cross again. As do I. The Root District needs people to who want to stay home and take care of their own community you know what i mean of course who who doesn't want to stay home and take care of their community i know what you mean well hey um you know it's kind of serendipitous i ran into you today i i heard that you and i, I take it these are your friends are on the party yes, not my family committee. hi yes not your family hi hi jill run a thistletop and she'll reach out a hand to shake yours Hi, Clegg. What, um... Clegg? Clegg? Tumstool. Nice to meet you, Clegg Tumstool. One of the brightest young kindergartners I've ever met. (laughs) I'm 30. And you. I've seen you before. Oh, yes. Um, I think... I think I've seen you walking around Chester's chair, uh, every so often when I'm standing on my soapbox. Just doing my best. Yes, I've, I've heard your message. It's good to meet a man of faith. Well, thank you. Have you considered pledging your life to serving Kalimvor? Oh, you know, not me personally, but um, I'm glad to see that you're doing it. Oh. Now, anyways, um, I did have a request for the party planning committee. As you know, the, the queen is visiting town, and, well, it's a wonderful time to feature the, the bounty of the Root District. I, I've I've heard through my connections around town that certain things have been decided. I know you've been talking to Finea Vaughn, and that's all wonderful. Finea's a interesting woman, certainly. I know that you're still looking for gift bags. And I thought, what a better thing than to feature the local artisans of the Quiltus. We make so many goods around here. You 
could show off the root district, and it would it would help us quite a bit. Well, I think that's a splendid idea. What kind of goods are made? <laughs> She'll say we make all sorts of textiles, mostly rope for construction, hard textiles, flower arrangements, rugs, really anything that can be woven with reeds. We are, after all, woven together. Well, what do you ask in return for these bags? Oh, nothing. A, a, a small payment, perhaps, to cover the the wages of the local artisans. And Of course. Would 600 gold suffice? <laughs> My gosh, that would be more than enough. That would be wonderful. Perfect. We'll, we'll get it from the government. Okay. Tr- tremendous. Um, come, come visit me in the Bramble Den in, in a day or two, and we'll, we'll sort out the specifics. I'll be there. Lovely to see you. I'm so... I knew it was fate we were run into each other today. Lovely to see you, Albert. Lovely to see you as well. And nice to meet you all. Bye. And Jeremiah's just waving dumbly. She'll dust herself off and, and walk off. She goes off to check on the family that was, that was injured. Can either of you show me how to do a push-up? <laughs> <laughs> so, who, how do you know Jill Rana? We, we went to school together. And uh, we were quite the item in uh, oh. several of my fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever... And he raises his eyebrows. Eh? Oh, yes, we did sometimes wax our eyebrows together, but never anything romantic. <laughs> well, this is a terrific opportunity if somehow we're able to manage to arrange a payment plan to the Root District for 600 gold. In Once we explain that they'll be getting high-clafted quilts, I'm sure the mayor will have no choice but to fork over the gold. In fact, he might offer more. Who's to say? Well, should we return the tile and give him the good news? Yeah. No better time than now. As you're wandering into town, you've been all the way out at the... Chris Tato Farms and back and on the same day. And so the sun is starting to set. It looks like it's already about 6 p.m. The last rays of sunlight are, are setting over the town. Are you heading there now or are you heading somewhere else? Or what I guess we should go there in the morning, right? Yeah, there's probably yeah. nobody there. Um, I think with a little bit of time left in the day, we need to find we need to we need to find our chefs who are going to prepare the Chris Tatos. Ah, wonderful idea. Do we know, like, is there, a, a like, a restaurant here? Is it all taverns? I know a great spot where we can find somebody <laughs> to help us with these crustatoes. Okay. <laughs> really? Well, by all means, lead us there. I take him to the crustato <laughs> fry. Great, okay. You go to the center of town, to Missing Chair Square. You see the crustato fry. It is essentially just an umbrella over a, like, roadside fry shop. There's one bored pale boy he's like packing up and pushing the cart starting to pack up and push the cart away he has to wear a uniform that says the chris Tato fry he looks like he works for like a wetzel's pretzels he's he's starting to push the cart away i feel like i know his name but chaff i cannot his name chaff oh because he was in halloween chiff he was chaff. in halloween chiff and chaff Jeremiah is going to wave him down as he starts to pack up. Chaff, wait! Chaff, no! I have one more huh? thing for you. Uh, we're closed. No, yes, I see that you're closed. However, I have an opportunity of a lifetime for the Chris Tato Fry. Uh. <laughs> I need you to make 
the best iteration of the Chris Tato fry with mayonnaise that you've ever made in your entire life for the queen. Okay. Perfect. This is great. <laughs> we will supply you with as many Chris Tato's as you need. If you will supply the mayonnaise. Okay. Great. Okay. Perfect. We have it all settled then. Yep. Okay. Well, um, so like, what are you, what are you going to do after this? Uh, I don't know. Do you want to come with us and find other chefs to collaborate with in Chester's chair in order to come up, combine your skills and create the greatest Chris Tato dish that the world has ever seen? Uh, not, not a lot. Great. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll do great. And he, he, uh, he puts his arm around him. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Horses him along. Carrying, uh, you're now dragging around this, um, greasy boy. Your question of are there restaurants in town? There are, of course, in the in the main city of Chester's Chair, the biggest restaurants are the taverns, the Split Log and the Mossy Marsh. There's also these little pop ups, the Chris Tato Fry and Frosted. There is also one fine dining restaurant that you've heard about in the Breeze Top Estates. The name is Taste Plus Dignity. Wow. <laughs> well. I think that it's a good idea for us to hit up taste slash dignity. We do have a connection to the Breeze Top Estates. Not him. (laughs) The old man pipes up. Of course, I know Brenda quite well. At the old uh, tavern. Clegg, I'm sure you know quite a few cafeteria workers at the Towers Schoolhouse. You guys keep thinking that they serve food there, but they don't. It's just a place where they have a continental breakfast and and a nighttime buffet. (laughs) <laughs> is this not if common you, enough if you, can find, if you can find the continental breakfast in the tower schoolhouse then please let me know i'll try my best <laughs> chaff who are your idols who are your gastronomic <laughs> idols uh i like the fried fish fried fish okay can they also can they fry a, a chris tater yeah, as, the mossy be- as good as fish. All right, so we got crustato fried with mayonnaise, and then someone can fry it in the same way as a fish. So we just need 98 other ways to prepare it. I personally vote that we go to Taste Plus Dignity with our connection, Mr. Moneybags. Money boy. Money boy, <laughs> sorry. With our connection, Mr. Money boy, and uh, find our way into the restaurant and get their finest chefs. Well, let's do it. Mr. Money boy, why did you bomb... The Breeze Top Estates in the first place. Down with the establishment! Oh, okay. I figured. Just wanted to make sure you didn't have <laughs> some grand rivalry or something. No, nothing personal. Impersonal. Alright, I guess it's off to the Taste and Dignity... Taste Plus Dignity? Taste Plus Dignity is the name of the restaurant. I hope to find out what it equals once we get there. <laughs> <laughs> You know that to get into the Breeze Top Estates does require either a residency card or an escort from a resident. A guest pass. Now I see why you wanted to blow it up. It's so exclusive. Do either of you know a guest resident at the Breeze Top Estates? I've tried to get in here a multitude of times and have been unsuccessful. Security normally escorts me out within five minutes. 
Now, I have a thought, and I'm curious to hear your guys' plans. But I will say, who never gets asked for identification? People who look like they belong. Cool people. Plague, you're the youngest and hippest among us. What? What say oh, you to no. a makeover? Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't... I... Oh. Oh. Like, starts freaking out. Um... Like, hey, it'll, it'll be okay. I think... I think, um... I think Chiff is technically... Chaff is technically the youngest of us here. Well, technically, the youngest would be the homunculus. So if it's not you, I say we go with the chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> Would Plague happen to know if any of the kids who went to Tower Schoolhouse oh. are from the Breestop Estates? Uh, you would know this, and actually, decidedly, none of the kids at the Tower Schoolhouse go to live in the Breestop Estates. The children of the Breestop Estates have a private school. That makes sense. Uh, if you're thinking of people you might know that live there, I'll I can have you make an. An investigation check, actually. This is a kind of an unusual investigation check, but it's an intelligence roll to scan your memory. 13. I rolled an 18. Whoa! Nice. I got a 2 on the dice. Jeremiah, you have no clue. <laughs> Jeremiah's actively forgetting people. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah's like, who do I know at all? <laughs> Clegg and Albert, you know Mayor Gaudron Werp lives in the Breestop Estates. Well, we do know that Mayor Gaudron Werp lives in the Breestop Estates. Clegg, what do you say to a good old-fashioned, the three of us go over there and convince him? Oh, God, I hate talking to him. Also, we're trying to ask him for 600 gold and also a pass to the Breestop Estates. And also, um... Whatever 800 gold minus 54 gold is for the children's choir. All right, well, let's push everything down the queue except for the guest pass for now. <laughs> I will say, make me up. I won't talk to him. Not after he humiliated me. I'd rather humiliate myself again than have him humiliate me. Wait, so we're going we're gonna to do the makeover? Yeah. All right, then we're going to queue a medieval version of... Um, what's the song by the Bee Gees? You can just stay alive. The medieval version <laughs> staying alive. alive. Right now, David has a job. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say, is that in public domain yet, or do we have to uh, buy rights to that? <laughs> so I'm going to use my. Uh, well, Clay, do you have like makeover supplies, like clothing making stuff? Because you made the shorts. Was that just a spell? And you're going right now at night like this? I think so. Unless you guys disagree, it's a, we're a party. I can't make decisions for everybody. I think it's like, is it ritzy enough that it, it has a bustling nightlife? None of you have ever been there, but from your memory and from hearing about it, it is a five-star hotel and dining room, and so it, it likely does go somewhat late in the night. I would like to attempt, if Clegg agrees and uh, Jeremiah agrees, I think that we should dress Clegg in a tuxedo and top hat, and perhaps I use magical tinkering for some sort of mustache. Yeah, I think what that's our think? only option. Yeah. Like, like, fine, do it. I will not talk to Gautron Roar, not after he reamed me out last time. Oh, yes. Reamed like paper. <laughs> reamed like... <laughs> Should I roll... So do you have a spell that might uh, dress Clegg up, or are you... I mean, I do have a spell, yeah. I just figured I'd, I could also make something, but I'll do a spell. You can make something, but that requires time. 
really a disguise kit is what would be used here or okay. a spell perhaps could be used you could do something less than that but it wouldn't really be convincing necessarily unless you rolled really high sure if either of you two have something too that would help nothing that's gonna help us there's also places you could buy clothes and places you may be able to buy a disguise kit let's do that what if we buy a disguise kit again racking your brain there is the general store in town the general store is the original hammer spine let's head to original hammer spines you you basically just cross the street it's quite close by to a medium stone building with a large industrial door uh, a sign over the top reads the original hammer spines and original seems to have been tacked on later pushing open the door a man in there is kind of starting to close down he's a dwarf in his 50s he's wearing a uh tan leather jerkin he looks over at you and he says i what can i help you with we'd like your finest tuxedo please and top hat if you may Oh, well, or your finest disguise kit that has suitable disguises or your finest disguise kit. (laughs) I I may or may not have something you're looking for, but a disguise kit sounds a little dubious. You wouldn't happen to be using this for any nefarious purpose. No, no fetish stuff. (laughs) No, no, that's not what I had in mind. The fetish stuff is is all fair game here. Oh, okay. I mean, breaking and entering. You know, I can't go back to prison. Oh, no, no breaking or entering. We're merely playing dress up. Okay, make a persuasion check. Or a deception check, actually. This is a deception, yeah. I'll give guidance. Okay, guidance is two rolls or the d4? D4. It's 11 total. <laughs> <laughs> 11, he goes, oh, I gotta say, I'm hesitant to sell you this. Why do you stock it if you're so hesitant to sell it? For fetish stuff. Oh, just how oh, I see. <laughs> People come in here, they want to look like a turkey, they want to look like a turkey. They want to look like a turkey. They want to look like Mr. Moneybags. They want to look like, you know, any kind of thing. I believe it's Money Boy. Jeremiah's going to say Chester's chair is notorious for being incredibly open with everybody's sexuality and there is no sorts of kink shaming here. I wasn't going to say anything about the turkey. <laughs> what do we have to do to get this disguise kit from you? It's a good question. I'll sell it to you, but, well, I don't know. Maybe I won't sell it to you. Can I um, cast distort value on the disguise kit? Ooh. There you go. And do what? Well, distort value wouldn't um, change the kit. It would just reduce its perceived value by half. So I'm going to make it look really dingy, really beat up. As much as the people in Chester's chair love fet play nobody's ever gonna want to look like an old dingy person in a top hat like look at this suit it's terrible looking you're never going to sell this you might as well just let us take it you have a garbage can where i can throw up after seeing the quality of that disguise kit (laughs) (laughs) uh i'll allow one reroll on this thing go ahead and roll a persuasion check though the dc is higher than last time is that me or clegg Uh, i'll say clegg this was your move clegg Right. We'll cast guidance. A cool fifteen. Whoa, hey, that's pretty good. Nice. Just getting my rule book out here for the value of things. Chelsea, was there <laughs> anything you wanted to move in the apartment that was told no because Alex needed room for all of his rule books? 
No, but there is a funny story of I got this cool branded tote bag from my summer internship. It said, um, cool work, hot cause. And I was really attached <laughs> to it. And um, I thought it went missing because I didn't see it for one year. And when Alex moved out of his place and came up to here, um, I saw it in the corner of his room, like filled <laughs> to the brim with papers. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I, don't, I had no memory of doing this. I had somehow stolen her favorite bag and filled it with just junk. Like it's no longer cool work, nor is it a hot cause. Chelsea had this beautiful summer's internship bounty, and he didn't respect it. Summer's internship. <laughs> no more cool work, hot cause. The disguise kit costs twenty-five gold pieces. Jesus! Oh Christ. my gosh! Reduced by half. It seems. Like he's willing to sell this to you at all because of your persuasion. Oh my gosh! We, you know how many Chris, you know how many Chris Taters we could buy with that. <gasps> I think that's a fair price, sir, and I will give you twenty-five gold for it. Thank you. I'm gonna give him twenty-five gold. Great. He'll he'll take it and he'll hand you one disguise kit. He says, "I know the prices aren't as cheap as I want. I mean, we're no Spunk Mart, but I'd like to think that we're offering something here." That you can't get at a Spunk Mart. And that's integrity. You're goddamn right. And I'm going to shake his hand, do that thing where like, you shake their hand and like, you grab them by like the wrists and it's like interlocked in solidarity. But he does it too. <laughs> Fuck Spunk Mart. Fuck Spunk Mart. Um, and as you both say, Fuck Spunk Mart, as if summoned, <gasps> in through the door, bending low to get in through the, oh, the dwarf no. archway, then standing up extremely tall and thin, is land spunk and he oh my god doffs his hat to you he says howdy my favorite friends mr spunk what are you doing here you may be surprised to see me but well several folks in town are looking for you or rather you clegg tumstool i figured i'd give you a warning myself what me why Lace maggie lathy is missing she's been missing all day <gasps> Nobody's seen her or you. Oh my goodness. And so uh the whole town the whole town's been out looking. Now I just wanted oh to my God. I'm glad I I'm the first to find you. I just wanted to say I've, you know where she might be? I mean, she goes from her house to the school and then stays for a really long time at the school back to her house. So she's not in either of those two places and she's really missing. Well, that's no good. If if you see her or hear about her, you come tell me. Do you live here? Well, I've been staying in town temporarily. I live in, in Princeville nearby. Oh, that's right. Though, really, I live all over. I'm a rich, uh, my main home's in Scarlet Edge, but I go where the work takes me. And you're just telling me she's missing out of the kindness of your heart. Well, of course, I don't want anything bad to happen to any of, any of the wonderful folks at Chester's chair. All right, well... Uh, thank you, Mr. Spong, for letting me know. We'll keep our eyes peeled for her. She probably couldn't have gotten too far, so. You do that. Now y'all take care. Have a good night. And he'll bend really low again to get out of the door and out. Walks away. Bastard. The dwarf man here, his name is Bricks Hammerspine. He looks at you, he goes, He does that every time I mention Spongebart. It's like it's uncanny. <laughs> interesting um jeremiah is gonna cast detect magic to see if there's anything magical uh on him that would uh summon spunk every time he mentions him 
Cool. <laughs> you detect just for a moment fading. You do detect some magic. It's uh, of the divination school. Um. Okay. In the corner of the room, and it and it it disappears, and it seems like one corner of the room, almost on the ceiling, just the corner of the room, briefly lights up with divination magic, and as soon as you've seen it, it fades away. Hmm. Interesting. Say his name again one more time. Uh, Lance Bonk. Does anything happen? Nothing happens. Okay. All right. You're not but you're you're clean. Nobody's wearing a wire. <laughs> well, spooky. I hate to hear something's happened to Maggie Lathy. She's a nice one. Do we want to Yeah. Do you, I mean I I feel like I don't like that Maggie Lathy might be the person who destroyed all of the Chester's chairs pornography, but at the same time, I don't know if if I can't say that for sure, and I'm not sure if I if we should save her or not. Uh, she told me last time I saw her that she, I don't know, she just didn't seem suspicious at all. She said she knew about everything that happened, but was so sad to hear that Krog was tied up and injured. I don't know if she really did it. I don't like her, but I thought for the first time that I might have respected her just a little bit. Well, I think it's settled. As soon as we dress up Clegg, we'll go save Maggie Lathy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will end tonight's session. We will pick up again next week with one of those two things. Either a dressing <laughs> mission or a rescue mission. An investigation mission. Thank you, players, for playing. Thank you, listeners, for listening. If you like the show, check us out on Instagram, SmalltownDD. Subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an episode. You can rate and review us. That really helps us. You can tell your friends about us. That's like the best thing you could do is tell your friends about the show if you like it. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.